Welcome to Labor Pains Podcast, brought to you by Women Connect and Support. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am a woman that is very passionate and on a mission to help women and men that are struggling with infertility or loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy. I am here to help share stories of the struggles that couples have gone through to inspire and give you hope to continue on your journey to have a family to love. I have talked to so many men and women that have all told me the same thing, that they all felt very, very alone as they were going through the struggles and the grief. I want you to know that you are not alone and I am here to connect you to others to give you hope beyond the struggles and the grief. Hello, Dawn, and welcome to the podcast. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are more than welcome. I am really excited for our listeners to hear about your journey. You have been through a lot and I've gotten some information on that, but I don't even know if I know your entire story, but I'm going to learn all about it today along with our listeners. So I always start with the same question um, that I'd like to ask you as, as well as what I've done with everyone else. When did you guys decide to start a family or when did you want to have children? Yeah, so my husband and I got married a little bit later in life. We were both in our 30s, and I was not one of those girls that grew up just thinking I would always be a mom. That just wasn't where my mind was, and I felt like I would be okay if I didn't have children. But Mm. then my husband was very, he came from a bigger family and was very much, he he wanted to. So, and, and it wasn't like I didn't want to have kids. It just wasn't my number one priority. Okay. Um, okay. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So once we started talking about it after we were married for a couple of years, we decided to, to try. And once that, once that decision was made, I was a hundred percent in like I, once I set my mind to it, I wanted to have kids and knew that that was going to be part of our story. Um, Getting there was a little bit more complicated. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but once I decided, I, I was, I was, I was definitely in. <laughs> okay. All right. So all in. So you decided to to start. And were there complications, or did you get pregnant right away? I definitely did not get pregnant right away. It was actually a couple years, I think, and I kind of lose track of time at this point. What what parts of the process took? How much time? Sure. But That's I, okay. I. I was a little bit older, like I said, so we did try Clomid and some of those things first. I ended up having surgery and a few months after the surgery that I did get pregnant on my own. And um, then we found out that our daughter that we were carrying had a disorder called trisomy 18. It's a chromosome condition and it is considered by some people to be incompatible with life. Okay. So yeah, I found, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I found out that information at my 12 week ultrasound, we started seeing some things that weren't right. And, um, and so it happened pretty early in the pregnancy that we found out that she had trisomy 18 and I did genetic testing and all of those kinds of things. 
So was was that because you were older in pregnancy and they did all of the um, blood work and stuff so early? Yes. So is that why? Okay. Yeah, I got an extra ultrasound because of my age because I guess I was like thirty six by that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we went and you know did the the counseling and they basically just say yeah we're gonna look into things but it's all gonna be fine you can decide to have the blood test you don't have to but when I got the actual ultrasound they saw some in. They they saw some things on the ultrasound that they didn't like. So they suggested doing the blood test. So we went ahead and did that. It actually ended up kind of being a train wreck too, because when the results came back, they were inconclusive because they were Mm. done too early. And then we had to wait. And then, and in the meantime, I was having more and more more ultrasounds where they were finding more things going on. Um, So ultimately, you know, by the time I was, I'm, I'm guessing four or five months along, we had a pretty definitive diagnosis that she had trisomy 18. Okay. And can you describe that a little bit for the listeners? Sure. It's, I mean, it's it's with the chromosomes. Mm -hmm. It's similar to down syndrome where you get three copies. If you have down syndrome, you have three copies of the 21st chromosome. Trisomy 18 is three copies of the 18th. It just causes more severe issues, but they're different with every baby. So our daughter had club feet a cleft lip, a heart murmur, um, and that there's some just other facial features and things like that that are pretty common. So, okay, but they're different they, for all of them. Or different children have different. Yeah, different children, you know, kind of okay. exhibit the symptoms in a different way. So, okay. okay, and there's you know different ranges of is it full trisomy or partial or you know, all of those kind of complicated medical things that don't make all that much sense to me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and oftentimes the pregnant, you know, the pregnancy does not continue. It, you will have a miscarriage. Our daughter did well while I was pregnant. I had some extra amniotic fluid. Um, but otherwise my pregnancy for the most part was normal. You know, like if you looked at me, you would not know that that's what was going on. So, um, okay. she, she was actually, I went 42 weeks and then they finally said, you cannot, which is also not, not really typical. Um, they usually go a little bit early, but yeah, 42 weeks. And then they induced me, which again, train wreck. So (laughs) we, um, I was in labor for like 36 hours and then ended up having a C-section. Oh, wow. She just did not want she to not enter want to this out. world. Yeah, she was super cozy. And, you know, we had kind of decided not, we, we didn't want to induce because I didn't want to choose that day in case she didn't survive. And there was a, a good chance that she wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of let it go until they told us that I couldn't anymore. <laughs> and yeah. The C-section was a choice too, because, um, my heart rate started dropping, her heart rate started dropping. And they said, mm. basically, if you deliver her naturally, you, she will not survive. So we do it now or you don't get to meet her. And, um, so we decided we'd do the C-section and she was born and they gave her a couple little puffs of air and then she was breathing on her own and did really well with us. Oh, good. Yeah. So we were yeah. very blessed that, um, she got to come home with us. And she did come home on hospice, which um, I didn't know was a thing until it was presented to me. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, our hospice nurses and the support we received that way were phenomenal. And she lived for 120 days. 
So we were very blessed to have her for almost four months. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Huge blessing, I'm sure. Yeah, she was amazing. And um, we don't regret anything that, you know, I think you have those moments where you feel like, well, maybe I should have done this differently, or I should have done more for her. We should have pushed for surgery, or we should have done this. But I, I honestly, with everything that she went through, we feel like she told us when it was time. And um, she passed quite peacefully. I was holding her, I felt her heart stop. And if you're going mm. to have that moment with your child, it's going, you know, you. <laughs> mm. I wanted to be with her. I wanted my husband with us and, and he was, we were together and um, it was as peaceful and beautiful as you could mm. wish for something like that to happen. Sure, sure. So let's go back through a little bit during the pregnancy. Um, how do you handle a diagnosis like that? I mean, your emotions had to have been um, just all over the place. I mean, oh, completely, because you feel like as soon as you get that, that all of the joy that pregnancy is supposed to bring, all of that expectation and hope has been stolen from you. So instead mm -hmm. of having these joyful moments of wondering what your future is going to be like with your child, you're, you're constantly anxious about when and how they could die. Mm -hmm. And it changes everything because people don't know that that's what's going on with you necessarily. So if you're walking, you know, I remember getting a pedicure one time and, and the <laughs> girl was talking about how big I was and, um, you know, when the baby was going to be born. And I was like, well, actually, she's only like four pounds. Um, I just look huge. And, you know, when, what do you say? Like, yes, I'm happy that I'm pregnant and I'm carrying this life. But at the same time, my experience is going to be very different than yours. So the anxiety going into the delivery room is much different. Um, but yeah, it changes everything. You, what do you do about having a baby shower? Do you get any, do you prepare a nursery? Uh -huh. Because you don't know if you're bringing your child home. And every single appointment we had, you held your breath until you heard her heartbeat. And I'm sure a normal pregnancy has that to some extent, but ours was a very real possibility that she wouldn't be alive by the next time. And I could yeah. feel her move very often. Like most, oh. you know, you do kick counts and stuff like that. I couldn't feel her moving around because she was so small and I had so much extra fluid. So I didn't know from time to time if she was still there. Wow. Okay. So my so, husband and I still made it our priority to bond with her and to read to her and tell her stories, all of those things while I was still pregnant. We made memories with her and <laughs> it probably sounds really crazy, but I decided I wanted to take her to Disney World because I'm a Disney nerd. And so when I was, <laughs> okay. when I was pregnant, we went to Disney World and um, made memories that way because we didn't know what we would have or if she would be born alive. So we wanted to do everything that we possibly could while I was carrying her. Okay. Well, that makes, that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So did you set up a nursery and everything? Since you mentioned that, did you do all of that? Or was it like last minute, someone helped do that for you? When someone helped do home? it for us. We did not. Okay. And we kind of knew, you know, I set up a few things Oof. on a target or an Amazon registry that I knew we could buy if we needed to. So it was very last minute. We were in the hospital. We heard she was going to get to come home with us. It was like, okay, 
order these things, have them delivered to the house. Someone else will go set them up because when, you know, when you have a newborn, you don't need that much stuff anyway. No, uh-uh. It's a little over the top kind of <laughs> what normal, what, you know, what we do <laughs> anyway. Um, so we had the basics. She had diapers, she had food and she had a place to sleep. And that was what we needed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We do go over the top. Yeah. Which but. is really <laughs> fine. Also, like, zero judgment or not but we just weren't in that place I did not want to have a nursery set up and come home empty you know that's not the experience that I wanted and I have an amazing group of family and friends that were willing to come in and be like okay this is what we're doing and now we're getting everything out of this room and turning it into her room which in the long run she didn't really end up using anyway (laughs) yeah I'm in all of those things but um, it was still very sweet of everyone to, to be supportive that way Oh my goodness. Yeah, that is very sweet. But yeah, we, we do way too much, but, um, but anyway, so, okay. So I just, I have a hard time with even envisioning all of those weeks um, and even all those doctor's appointments, but you kind of touched on that. You kind of held your breath until you heard the heartbeat. Yeah. And so, it was, yeah. I tried to keep myself as busy as possible. I mm-hmm. worked the whole time. And I remember distinctly getting multiple phone calls at work that were bad news, you know, that they were confirming her diagnosis or the blood mm. test had come back or whatever situation had occurred. And I'm also very blessed to have <laughs> some amazing coworkers that understood when I fled out of the building or when they found me crying in a bathroom and those kinds of things because that. I just couldn't sit at home and wait for those calls. It just wasn't, that's not my nature sure. and it's not what I needed to do. So I still went to work and um, yeah, I'm just really lucky. I had, had people that, that tried to understand what was going on. <laughs> that's awesome. Wait, yeah. Everyone needs that support and it's, it's great that you had that support even at work. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we have it at home with family and friends, but to have it at work is, that's a big deal. That's yes. huge. It was definitely huge. So what kind of memories? You made memories while you were pregnant with her. And what were memories were you able to do over the, the time that she was at home with you? Yeah, so we didn't really do a lot of outings or anything like that just because um, sure. of the situation. And, and honestly, the first time that we did put her in a car seat, she stopped breathing. So oh. I was kind of done after that. Like, we're not leaving the house. Um, we ended up with a different kind of car seat and maybe it made a difference. Maybe it didn't, but it made me feel better. Um, so we, we just, it was almost normal life. We read to her, she got Mm. to pet her kitty cat. We took her outside so she could feel the sun. We had family over. She got to meet my friends, those kinds of things. We did a couple (laughs) big outings. We went to a Cardinal baseball game. (laughs) (laughs) One of those memories that I have as a child and the situation came up where we had access to a suite. So we were, you know, not out in the stands. It was a a little more quiet and secluded. So we made the um, decision to take her to that and, you know, she got to meet grandparents Mm. and those kinds of things. So just kind of the things that you would do with a a normal infant and just try to make the best out of the situation. Yeah. And then, like I said, we had hospice and the group that we worked with has a group called wings and they also send social workers and memory 
makers out to help you. So they recorded me reading to her. They helped me ink her. She had tiny little feet and and we put her footprints into one of our favorite books and um, some of those things just so we could preserve those memories. And some of the things that I wouldn't have thought of doing on my own that they were help, helpful to uh, to do. Oh, that, that's that's really nice. Yeah, it's yeah. really phenomenal because it's one of those things like you, you know, you think you have all these plans and these ideas, but when it actually comes down to it, you know, real life, like trying to juggle everything, it's really nice to have someone else come in and say, hey, let's try this or let's, you know, let me bring you the supplies so that we can get this done. And it's, it's really a beautiful thing that they do for families. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That is huge. So... How did you handle then? You know, it was inevitable that she wasn't, she was going to pass. Um, how did you prepare for, for that and a funeral? And did you do that right after she was born or did you just wait until? No, we just and, waited. I don't okay. think we even really talked about it. Okay. Um, it just wasn't. I, I wouldn't want to talk about it for sure. Right. You know? And, and I mean, there was no way to oof. plan because some babies pass early and there's actually there's another family that I follow on Facebook and their child is three I think now so there can be any range of of what happens to these kids um so yeah we didn't talk about it we didn't okay we didn't make a plan and then after she passed um when the funeral director was actually at our house he said I just want you to do something because we did choose to have her cremated okay it was just something that my my father passed away when I was in my twenties and I have a lot of guilt for not visiting his grave as much as, you know, sometimes I think I should. And I just didn't, I didn't want that for her because I felt like that's not where she is. You know, her, mm -hmm. her body didn't need to be there. Her soul is with us. So, you know, I didn't want that experience. And um, we did end up getting a, a stone and putting it in the same place where my father is buried. Okay. But that was just, you know, not what we wanted to do. And then we waited a couple weeks and did, I like to call it a celebration of life. We went <laughs> to the St. Louis Zoo and had an event tent. And that's where we held her service. Aww. Yeah. And I have an amazing friend who edits videos who did a phenomenal job just with photos and, and videos of her and putting that together and setting it to music. And it was, it's really amazing. And um, the people that sang there, it was just it was exactly what I wanted for her to celebrate her. So sounds beautiful. Yeah. Well, I mean, we felt that way and um, we're, we're glad we did it that way. Cause it, you know, we wanted to take an event that's so sad and mm -hmm. make it into something that celebrated the love that we have for her. And, and that was our whole thing is love. Like it, it, it mm -hmm. can conquer all of this and she might not be with us, but we still love her and we are better for the time that we spent with her. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So how was the, the grief then? Did you <laughs> speak, did you seek professional support? Did you do we counseling? Did. did you go through your church? How did you find that support through that? Yeah, so we did counseling before she was born. Okay. We did some couples counseling that way just to try and process a little bit better what was happening because it was a situation we had never known anyone in the situation. Um, you know, we knew people that had miscarriages, but carrying a baby that with a terminal, you know, it was just a, a little different from anything we'd experienced yeah. or encountered. Yeah. 
So that was really helpful for my husband and I. Afterwards, we didn't do counseling, but we did do a couple grief retreats through the same group that did the hospice program. They have some really amazing grief support opportunities. So my husband and I went to one together. I went to a weekend one alone. Um, I continued to work. I I just found support. I started a blog because I, you know, I had kind of written during her, during my pregnancy anyway. So then I continued that after she passed away, it was really healing for me to be able to tell her story, to tell our story. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we, we made it through. Um, we still grieve. I, I, it's a never ending yep. process. I feel yep. like it's something that will always be a part of our lives. I talk a lot about joy and grief living together and they mm-hmm. live inside me. Sometimes they get along better than others, <laughs> mm. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a constant dance between joy and grief. And, and especially now that we have our boys, it's just, um, you know, trying to balance the <laughs> living every moment with them and still remembering her and, and, and at some point having a conversation with them that they're, that we had this child that they're never going to know and those kinds of things. So, sure. so it's ongoing again. I, you know, I am yeah. extremely blessed with some amazing friends and family and I yeah. know that everyone has that. And, I hope they can find a circle because it is, it is really important. Even if we don't talk about Zoe all the time, I know that if I need to talk about her, they're there. I know Mm -hmm. that they will not question if there's an event that I cannot come to, or, you know, no one batted an eye when I got a tattoo or multiple tattoos and those kinds of things, just like (laughs) they knew that that's what I needed. And, um, you know, it's, it's, that part has been wonderful. And that's been what's healing for me. Good, good. So you mentioned two boys. So tell us the rest of (laughs) some more of the journey that you went on. So you lost Zoe. So we lost Um, Zoe. And then and then what, you know, we were so smitten with being parents to her that we knew we had to have another child. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just something we weren't willing to give up on that that quickly. So we did wait a little bit, but again, we were older, so it's not like we could wait. We didn't feel like we could wait a couple years to start trying again. No. Huh. But we did. I mean, it was probably a year or so. And then we did try to get pregnant again, which I think I use the word train wreck a lot, but it is accurate. Um, we, this time it just was not working. And again, I was older. So we started the process of IVF and it did not work. Um, you know, I went we did one round of it because that's what my insurance paid for. And that's what I was mentally willing to do. Mm -hmm. And we thought, you know, if this doesn't work, then we weren't sure which path, you know, what path we were going to take, but I was only going to do it once. I only wanted to do that to my body one time. And it was, it it went okay physically, but it's not fun. I mean, it is super not fun. Mm, And (laughs) Joe traveled a lot. So there were often times I was sitting in my living room, jabbing myself in the thigh with a shot and it, it wasn't pleasant. So I, it was like one time and, and I'm good. And then it, um, we had a couple eggs harvested. Um, we did have them genetically tested and three of them came back normal. We implanted two the first time they both failed. Then the final one, it failed 
And then we mm. said that, you know, that's done. I'm, I'm done with what I've done to my body now. And it was just the choice we made. And it wasn't, I think my husband maybe had a harder time letting go of the biological, you know, connection that he wanted to know what little versions of us would look like. Sure. I was okay with that. So it, you know, just a conversations and some time passed and we decided we'd try adoption. So okay. we started researching adoption agencies and um, went through the process of the home study, decided to go with a private agency versus trying to find someone on our own or doing foster care. It was just the right choice for us. There's a lot of, you know, reasons, a lot of complicated decisions you have to make, but that's what was right for us. Yeah. And I think that's important that you say that because I think that's with everyone. Everyone has to determine what is right for them. Exactly. And there is no right or wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some people that do foster care and that is amazing. It was not the right choice for us with what we had already endured. I just didn't feel like it was going to be the right path. And it Mm -hmm. turns out, you know, the private agency was the right choice because we went active. I mean, the process takes it. I'm not, I don't want to sugarcoat how, you know, fast things went for us. It was still lengthy. You know, the, the home study process is long. It's hard. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of interviews with people. You feel like your whole life has been handed over to someone else because you're not only letting them into your house to inspect everything. But you're also handing over all of your financial information. And so it's mm. just very, you know, if you have any privacy left, it's done. because Everyone knows mm. everything about you, um, which yeah. is fine. You know, and the, it, it's worth it. It just is, it's just a lot. <laughs> so we went active with the agency and then got a call and there was a birth mother that was pregnant already and, and was looking at families. There's there's these complicated things like what you have set forth, you've set forth a budget, you decide which health background issues you're comfortable with race, all of these decisions you have to make along the way. Okay. Okay. And this particular birth mother was a little bit outside of the the range of things that we had said. So they call you and ask if you still want to be shown. And we said yes. And um, so then she, she selected us and we moved forward with the adoption of our son. Okay. Also a little complicated because he, when she had her ultrasounds, she, there were things that were not typical. <laughs> so there were, there were very scary moments that once, you know, cause once we got matched, we started communicating with her. So we bonded with her. And I think the moment you find out this, it, it was no different than when I was pregnant. You start bonding with that baby. Mm-hmm. So her ultrasounds showed that he had some extra digits. So he had extra fingers and extra toe. And for a while, it looked like he might have a heart issue and, and some of these. Yeah, so it was really, really scary for a while. Ooh. But um, <laughs> and I had a lot of anxiety. But I bet. yeah, but I talked to my doctor and he's like, you're going to find out this is nothing like this is just it, it's a blip and that baby is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And so the heart thing went away. That was no, no longer an issue. And when he was born, he was beautiful and amazing. And, and he is still <laughs> super happy and funny and charming. And he just happens to have an extra toe. His fingers have, <laughs> have already been um, taken care of, but he is adorable and perfect. And it turns out that it's very, it's more common than you would think it is, especially in certain populations. And his birth father's Puerto Rican. And apparently that's 
pretty common. So we just didn't know it at the time. Really? Really? Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and- so it seems like, and this is, this probably sounds crazy, but it seems like in some cultures, that's almost like a, uh, like a lucky thing Maybe or so, a, yeah. a, a, a sign of um, royalty yeah. or things like that. I, I don't know. It's coming to my head and I'm like, oh, I might have to look seen. into that. We kind of felt like, yeah, maybe he was meant for us because if a different set of parents had heard, and this is no judgment on them, if a different set of parents had heard that the baby that they were expecting had extra digits, they might freak out. Yeah, well, You're right. Us, yeah. That was nothing like that to compare to what we've already handled. Right. So you, you have an extra finger. So what? Like that's totally, we can take care of it, you know, as long as you're healthier and happy and fun and and he is. So it really didn't make a difference to us. (laughs) Yeah. So how did that whole process um, go? Was that smooth? The adoption, the her birth, Um, you talked a little bit about some some things happening, you know, with the extra digits in that, but the birth and everything went fine. Yeah, we were actually there for his birth. I oh. had the opportunity to, the birth mother's in Florida, and I had the opportunity to go to Florida early and stay at a friend's house and just have some extra time with her because her, our son is not her first child, and a lot of them had come early, so I didn't want to miss it. So I went down to Florida about a month early, worked from there. And was able to spend some time with her and get to know her and bond with her a little bit more. So it was wonderful. I I think it was a wonderful experience for both of us. I hope she feels that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, yeah, he we, we heard that he was coming and <laughs> I, we were at the hospital with her. My husband made it down in time and he was there for Sebastian's birth as well. So we were both in the room and it's a totally surreal experience. I think that's the only word I can use to describe it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, they, they took him away and washed him up and cleaned him. And then I got to hold him and, um, you know, fell in love instantly. So there was no question he was our son at that point. And um, the adoption process went very smoothly. We, we stayed with her, um, in the hospital and then she signed her paperwork and was released and he was discharged to us. And, um, you know, we, we, you have to wait, you know, every state has different rules and we mm-hmm. waited two weeks before we were able to come back to our home here in Illinois. Um, and then it's a couple months before they finalize the adoption. And, you know, just depending on the situation, there's other paperwork and legal proceedings and those kinds of things, but everything went very smoothly. So Good. yeah, Good. he was born in September and he was finalized by February of the next year. So. Oh, Good. And in the meantime, (laughs) yeah, she found herself pregnant again and reached out to us and asked if we would adopt that baby as well. So we welcomed baby Jordan 11 months after Sebastian. (laughs) Whoa. So now I have a one and a two year old. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Something we never would have planned. We were just going to have one, but um, we couldn't we just couldn't say no you know so we again thank goodness that I have such amazing friends and family who were able to not only offer support for our decision but financial help as well because two adoptions in a year is a little crazy um but we made it work and um (laughs) they are super fun and a lot of work 
but so, so rewarding and amazing mm-hmm. little humans. Oh my gosh. So the second, um, Jordan, did you go down for his birth? Were you able to spend (laughs) some time down there? You know, you had, you had a, a a one-year-old already or however many 11 month old or whatever he, he would have been a year and a half. I don't know, but yeah. How did, how did that work? (laughs) Yeah. So we're, we're, it's just like the the story just works perfectly because my mom's friend has a house in the same city where the birth mother lives. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So when we found out that, and it was, it's also kind of crazy because after we found out Zoe's diagnosis, my husband and I are very much beach people. Mm-hmm. We like the ocean. It's healing for us. We went to Melbourne, Florida after we found out Zoe's diagnosis and that's where our boys are from. So <laughs> It just oh all was like, okay, well, this is all meant to be, which yes. you know, I think some people might think sounds crazy, but they were meant to be our kids and um, we were meant to meet her and, and be part of her story too. So yeah, so we went down a little bit early and spent some time with her again and with our son, we took him with us. And then my mom and her friend ended up coming down as well and meeting us down there. So Joe was not there for Jordan's actual birth, but was able to get Mm -hmm. there within an hour or so. And my mom and her friend hung out with our other son, with Sebastian, um, until we were able to come home. So it was great. And then, you know, we spent another couple of weeks in Florida with him waiting for everything to get cleared for us to come home. And then we flew home. Oh, Oh my gosh. What a whirlwind. It was a total whirlwind and just an amazing experience. And we're so, so very blessed and lucky to have them both yes yes um and just all of those you know I always say there's really no coincidence it was it's all part of the plan and what a beautiful plan yes you know and Uh, we're just so lucky to have both boys together you know to have biological brothers and um yeah you know they're just they're just so amazing (laughs) yeah yeah and so you said you were only going to have one but now you have two now is that it I mean we hope so (laughs) that's the plan that's the plan that is our plan we are done I mean we're both in our 40s now and I even the 11 month difference between having newborn when I you know that year I do not enjoy the newborn phase. I know people like it. It's not for me. The ages they are now is wonderful because they're interactive and they, they're running around. They're hard to chase, but that's just for me. So I do not want to go through the sleep deprivation of newborns again. (laughs) Sure. They're keeping you young. Dawn, Dawn, they're keeping you very young. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's beautiful. Just beautiful. So much, um, I guess, struggle at the beginning and heartache with Zoe. Um, And then now I'm sure, like you said, just feel so blessed to have these two little boys. We are. And, you know, we know that not everything's going to be easy explaining things to them. There's going to be hard conversations about why they were placed for adoption, what Mm. is going on, where they're, you know, we know they have biological siblings out in the world. We, my boys are, have different birth fathers and their stories are different and trying to explain all of those things we know is not always going to be easy, but we want to be honest with them. We want them Mm -hmm. to know every decision that was made for them by us and by their birth parents was out of love. 
and that's the most important thing it it wasn't lack of love you know it was um, yeah you know just situations occur and she felt like this is what was best for them and and obviously we feel that way too that we're so blessed to be raising them and what an amazing gift we were given with all of our children so Mm -hmm. you know that's I hope moving forward that as long as we explain to them that everything was based out of love that even when we screw up or we don't say the right thing that we are doing it out of love and we are we are certainly trying (laughs) yeah yeah and I think you know that is is the best to to just not hold anything back from them to always be very truthful with them and I mean we've all heard stories of someone that didn't tell someone you know they were adopted or whatever until they were much older and it doesn't end well Right, you right. Know, holding those, holding those secrets. Yeah, you and, think to protect them, and it it backfires. Right, it, backfires. it seems like all the time. Still, so. and they won't have that experience. You know, we have her photo in their, you know, their baby photo albums. So she's holding them, so they know what she looks like. We we will meet her again. Um, Sebastian obviously met her while we were there, but you know, Jordan was one one day old he doesn't really remember but, mm-hmm. um, you know we hope to have that experience again we probably would have been back this fall except for everything that's going on with COVID we didn't want to travel so right you know she will she will see them again and they will know who she is and that's an important part for us too that's beautiful that you're you're wanting to do that and willing to do that because that doesn't typically that's not the typical um, adoption I think yeah um, I mean it's it's scary sometimes because yeah. every sna- like crazy scenario that could possibly go through your head does, but okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, we, we, we know her and we feel comfortable with her and um, all of those things too. So it's, it, it will be okay. It's just, you know, you're very protective of your kids and <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just want to make sure everything is, is okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Amazing. Amazing story. Um, (laughs) I'm glad that it has ended well. And Zoe's a big part of your, your story. You know, if, if things would have been different with Zoe, you wouldn't have Sebastian and Jordan, you You know, know? that's that's funny that you say that because I've talked about that before, that it's sometimes hard to wrap my mind around that, that if she was here, we would have been done having children and she would have been our only and you know, we miss her so much, but we're so, so happy to have these boys too. So it's kind of hard to balance those things sometimes, Mm. but, um, you know, and and you wonder what life would have been like, but life is pretty wonderful now. So it's, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear that you will let the boys know, you know, about Zoe, you know, Yeah, I mean, she will always be a part of our life, part of our story, and they they will come to understand that as well. What do you do to um, do you do anything yearly on her birthday or on the holidays or uh, in remembrance of her? Yeah, we don't have big celebrations. We just try and remember her in small ways. we usually try and do something. Well, now that the boys are here, we try and do something with them. We've always done something on her birthday, go to the zoo or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. find some way to celebrate her. 
I try and put flowers at the table on holiday celebrations, things like that, and then tell her story whenever I can, because I think it's mm-hmm. important for people to hear and, um, and for me to remember her. So, uh, you know, kind of small ways, but uh, we, we try yeah. and, you know, bring those things in whenever we can. And her photos are in our house. And like I said, I have a tattoo of her <laughs> name oh. and, and a little symbol of her on my wrist and um, she'll always be part of our story yeah yeah it's beautiful thank you yeah I think it's important very important to do those things to to remember them um, and to talk I mean that's a big part of the podcast is sharing those stories it's so um, beneficial for you but also so beneficial for the listeners to to hear those stories um it's a win-win you know and that's a big reason for the podcast is to to help help both sides with with what's going on so i do is if there's anything else you'd like to share that we did not touch on yet i'd love for you to do that um something that's come to your mind that you feel is important for the listeners um or just even words of encouragement um, for the listeners or advice um, for the listeners. I'm going to kind of let you lead that. Okay. I have a couple things. First, sure. I just want to say hope has always been right in the forefront for us. We feel it's so important and I feel like there's always hope. And I also realize that what you hope for might change many times over the course of your journey. But even if just in the end, you have to find peace with everything that you've been through. But I just always want people to believe that hope is there. And so Mm -hmm. with Zoe, it was like hope that we'd meet her, hope that we'd have a day with her, hope that she's at peace, hope that she stays with us, those kinds of things. Mm. And I think another important part for me has always been to allow yourself to feel whatever emotions you need to. You're going to be angry. You're going to have fear. You're going to have jealousy. You just, you have to allow yourself to feel that darkness, but not to stay there for too long. I think you have to try to find your way back to hope, healing, and joy, kind of back to the light side of things, but you are allowed to feel those. I can't remember how many times people said, oh, you can't feel that way. Well, I do. Mm. So I need you to understand that I am allowed these feelings. Now I'm allowed to sit on my floor and sob, but I'm going to get back up again. So that's important to me. Um, I, one of the other things I feel like is very important to us is that broken can still be beautiful. Our story is broken, but our path to being parents is broken, but it still has value. I feel like it's still a beautiful story. Zoe's story is still beautiful, even though she's not with us and your story has value too. Mm. And then I think finally, like one of my mantras (laughs) is always that love wins. And I know it's, it takes a while. Sometimes it's really, really hard, but I live by this and that's what I want my boys to live by too, that love wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you, if you didn't love, you wouldn't be feeling any of those emotions. Exactly. You know, I mean, it all I, stems from love. Right. Yeah. I think I've heard it say, you know, that, that grief is the price of love and yeah, true. You're going to, you're going to suffer because of love, but it's 100% worth it. 
Yeah, and we all, no matter how long we've carried or, or not carried the love of a child, oh my goodness, yes, is is strong. It is <laughs> so strong that, and you cannot avoid that that love. It's there. Yes. So, oh my goodness, thank you so much for sharing all of that with the listeners. Um, I believe that they are going to get great um, value and encouragement from your story. So I so much thank you for sharing that with me and the listeners today. Well, again, thank you for having me and thank you to everyone who listens. And I do hope that, again, there's hope. There's, there's hope for mm-hmm. all of us in whatever way, yes. whatever way it turns out. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dawn, for sharing your story today, your journey to become a parent. Sharing all of the difficulties you went through with Zoe such heartache but that little girl has touched so many lives she was on this earth for such a short period of time but she has changed many lives she's changed my life and I have never met her and she will continue to change many people's lives as long as you and others share her story And thanks for sharing your story and your heart going through the struggles of infertility, IVF. And then finally, finding joy in being a parent to two little boys. It is amazing that they have found and you have found them. Strong parents to raise them. And thank you listeners for tuning in today to listen. Has this inspired you? Did Zoe touch your heart? Did Dawn's story touch your heart? Is there someone you know that this would inspire and give them hope? That was Dawn's desire is to make sure people have hope through their journey. If so, please share this with them. And as always, I would love to connect with you and support you through any difficulties that you're going through. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, reach out to me. I would love to share your story because we know in sharing our story, it is so powerful the many people that we can help. And we always know that it will inspire others and give all of them hope on their journey. 